Center for Victory podcast of your best day yet. Here at Center for Victory, we're here to help unlock, reinforce, and enrich relationships through personal and professional development. My name is Zachary Del Turco, I'm an executive consultant here at Center for Victory, and the one and only author, bestseller author of Amazon, Eric Guy. Thanks for being back. Yes. Uh, we're going to be talking about Eric's book, How to Choose the Life of Victory, Choosing uh Love over fear, and today we're in chapter three, and I want to talk to you a little bit about chapter three, and it's about telling your story. Right. And the first time I've ever met you, I was kind of just blown away by your story. So tell me a little bit about what made you put this chapter in in the life of victory. I think it's important to for all of us to know what we're bringing to the table, and. For some people, we just live out, and I know, um, you know, when you first met me and heard my story, a lot of us just live out the story that we we grew up with, and no, that just never changes. So whatever we hear, or whatever we're conditioned in, we just live out that story, and nobody really says, "Hey, look, change it." We all want change. Mm -hmm. We all want not to to live in fear, but it really starts with our story and how that impacts our thoughts and what we do, our choices whether we're reactive, whether we can take responsibility. And it's a, it's a big piece of personal development because if you don't know where you're coming from, <laughs> you don't have a path to get to where you want to go. You'll just stay stuck there. And that's what we see with a lot of people. I saw with myself early on, and that's why this journey was like I didn't want. Uh, for me, it was anger, but, but underneath that, it was fear. It was just a lot of anger that was developing out of fear. And I just got to the point where I didn't want that anymore. It was like, well, okay, but how do I change? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I have no idea. Um, so it had to really focus in on, on my story and what I was bringing to the table. And what I really believe and why I put this, this chapter in there is I believe everybody has a victor or a champion inside them. Hmm. It just, and I think we all know it. At least for when, when I'm talking to a, to crowds about this or, or speaking to people, it's like, yeah, we know it. We just know it intuitively down deep. People get it, but then it's like, ugh, how do I get past that? Yeah, right. Yeah, and I and I, you know, I obviously know you on a deeper level than a lot of people listening. Right. And you 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 have an incredible story leading up to this point. So you talked a little bit about change. So how did you find that change? Where, what, at what point in your life did something start to, to shift or pivot where you went from this mindset, the fear-based mindset, mm -hmm. to more of that love-based mindset? Man, I just woke up one day. Uh, it, that's what it felt like. I mean, uh, the, it was a long process. But really, I just woke up one day and I, was, I, I just told myself, look, I just don't want to be angry anymore. Mm -hmm. I see people that are happy. And not that I, that I didn't look happy. I think I was having fun what I was doing. But I wanted, uh, there was more. I wanted to be consciously happy about everything that was going on around me. I wanted to change that story and, and my identity. I saw, you know, how do people get happy? I just, you know, how, how do you live uh, in, in relationship with one another? You know, I did not, I had some, I think I had some serious trust issues um, for sure. And then how do you live in abundance? I saw that people had had things, not just like physical things, but internal. They just had this mindset. And I was like, well, how do you get that? And this is where, that's where that process kind of started uh, for me. Absolutely. Yeah. And 
Yeah, well, part of your story, and I think this is a big part of your story, because this is where I think from hearing it, your the lights switch kind of came on for you. Uh, you were working at a manufacturing plant, right, at the age of 17. Like you said, a steel mill. Yeah, yeah steel yeah. mill. Okay, steel yeah. mill. And you thought you were the biggest dummy in the whole plant. And I think this is a really cool part of your story because um, I'll ask a sub-question after this, but t- tell, tell us a little bit about that, that point, and then I have a question to, to ask after that. Okay. Well, that, that really revolves around, I tell that story around, you know, what we're good at, what we're not good at, and you're really knowing your story. Uh, for me, at that point in time in my life, you know, going into the steel mill um, from, from working on the farm, I felt like I was hitting the lottery, right? Uh, because all I had to do was stay in college, uh, so to speak. And because my dad worked at the steel mill, I got in. But it was, it was such a an upgrade in pay. But I found out real quick that I didn't belong in that certain spot. I mean, what they, what they did for me is they put me right next to hot molten steel. And uh, if you know anything about me, I'm not good at following directions. I'm not good at following <laughs> process. I'm not good at being patient. But that's all the things that you needed to do to be in that. And there's just certain people that can do that and can do it a lot better than me. That was the big realization for me, uh, or at least one of them, that was like, okay, there are certain things I can do, there are certain things I can't do, and there are some things that I shouldn't do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but really, it revolves around, you know, finding what your strengths are, and not trying to do things that that you're not good at. I mean, I, you know, where I grew up. People were, were good at, at different things. I just wasn't good at certain things. I mean, one of the things that I'm, I'm, I'm fairly good at is, is any kind of people issues, relationship issues. That's what I do. Mm-hmm. But, but early on, I think in that programming was like, well, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. You know, um, I don't know a lot about working on a car. Uh, the only tool I know how to use is a hammer. <laughs> you know, but it's really that difference between... Um, focusing on the things that you can do, focusing on the things that you can't do. A lot of us can do things, mm-hmm. uh, but I think what we really help people with is what will you do and what will you do for long periods of time and enjoy it? And that's going back to part of that conditioning was how do I be happy? Well, you can't be happy doing something that you don't like mm-hmm. to do. I yeah. mean, sometimes we have to do some of those things that we don't like to do, um, but if, if we're, we're, we're having a, a career saw that that people were really good at those things and eventually that did creep up and it almost you know ended my life um, there was a you know what we were doing ar- around during that you know time in the steel mill there were crane hooks running above our heads and you had to pay attention to those and one day you know it only took about a month it was about 28 29 days into it uh, I wasn't paying attention and one of those things caught me and it caught me right in the face. And fortunately for me, I caught it out of the corner of my eye so I moved back enough. Now it did take some teeth out um, and it hurt. Um, but I think if I would have hit me head on, it would have killed me yeah. instantly. Um, but that was kind of the wake up call. But what happened after that is 
you know, I went back in after I was all doctored up and I went back into work and was bounced around to different positions inside that mill. And I just, to your point, I felt like a fool and was treated like a fool Mm -hmm. until I landed in a position that I was pretty good at. And that what was ironic about that is it was the most labor intense position in that mill. Mm. But it was, I didn't have to watch it over my head. I didn't, you know, there were, were some rules, but they weren't as strict as being uh, around that, that hot molten steel and the crane hooks and everything. Uh, but there were people like me, so they, uh, you know, a little bit more fast paced, everything was going. And what happened in just a period of 30 days, to my surprise, was I went from feeling like uh, a fool. And I think being treated like a fool to feeling like a genius and being treated like a genius. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I ended my, my career there doing that position. But it was like night and day. It was like a switch was turned on. Mm-hmm. And I think many of us just look at, you know, just how we're conditioned. You know, we're, we're told a story of you have to be, you know, great at everything. But if you look at the people in our society, the people that are growth capital, they're doing, they're just, they're great at one thing mm-hmm. and they focus on yeah. one thing. And, and I like how you always say it um, in, in some of the trainings that we do. You always say, I, we want you to turn right more than you turn left. Right. And I think for a lot of people, um, maybe they, they're not on the other side of that, uh, that are maybe reading your book or listening to this where they're just going through the motions. Mm-hmm. They're, they're turning left more than they turn right because that's all they know how to do. So what would you say to those people that are kind of at the crossroads of, okay, do I finally acknowledge that um, I'm turning left more than I'm turning right? Or do I keep on going this way? What would you say to that person that would really help them, encourage them to, to make, that, make that change? Um. You know, I, th- I think just get to know yourself. I mean, know your story. It goes back to your story. Are you aware of that? Because some people I talk to when I, when they, when I start coaching them, they're, they don't even realize how reactive they are. You know, they're just those little triggers and they say, well, you know, and a lot, a lot of times it's, I don't want to say it's funny, but sometimes it is, you know, looking back at it because it, I, I went through the same process. But a lot of times we're reactive and we're blaming on the things that we ourselves do, mm-hmm. right? And, and a lot of my coaching clients start like that and they realize they come to the, the epiphany that, oh, wait, I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. And then they start, and then there's that growth there. So really understanding your story, creating some self-awareness around it. And then once you have that self-awareness, what do you want to do about it? Consciously make a choice mm-hmm. to do something different, but have a plan. Like, okay, you know, I've been reactive. Most of us have been reactive all our life because that's what we're taught. How do I become responsible? Um, but really focus on the things that you can do, not the things that you can't do. Yeah. And I mean, many of us have just been told, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. But what are we really good at? And we all have to get through school. We all have to go take the courses. But, like, hone in on what you really like. Mm-hmm. Right? And, and, you know, you all, you also touch uh, a little bit in, in this chapter about the, the, the fear-based versus the unconditional love-based. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for me, 
I, I look at those as like two different trees. And sometimes I, I'm in the fear base. Sometimes I swing over to the unconditional love base. I would say, I would like to say I'm over here, the uh-huh. unconditional love base, more than I am on the fear base. But talk a little bit about that. Where, where, you know, what's the idea behind that? Uh, well, really, I mean, you can't live life in fear unless you want to be, you know, really controlled. Swinging that pendulum like we, we started with knowing your story and like I was I wanted to make a change mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to live in that, that, that scarcity mentality. I didn't want to live in fear all the time I didn't want to be reactive all the time Swinging that over Really goes against the grain mm-hmm. now if you get into all the neuroscience, which we won't do today I mean it's some of it's in the book, but if you get into all the neuroscience, we're kind of focused for survival mm-hmm. So you're going against your brain and you're going against most of our culture because mm-hmm. most of our culture is fear-based. Breaking and, news, right? Yeah. <laughs> every single day, at every single moment, there's breaking news. I'm like, when is there just news, right? right. <laughs> it's breaking news. And, uh, and, uh, you know, good things don't sell. And fear, anxiety, panic, that sells. That mm-hmm. sells in the news, that sells in magazines when you look at things. Um, and, and you have to make a conscious choice. Um, Um, to overcome your past conditioning. I mean, really taking responsibility, um, cutting a new groove, mm-hmm. right? And being aware of when you're in that fear-based place, right? Um, and part of that is just picking people around you that are going to force you and, and keep you accountable to stay, mm-hmm. you know, like in your example, in that tree, right? A tree of, of love, of responsibility, of you know, of abundance, of internal motivation, all those things, mm-hmm. instead of staying in that story of fear. Because what happens is um, we have to reinforce whatever story we tell ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we reinforce that by the people we're yep. around. Yep. So sometimes it's, I have to change my story, I have to get around different people or the people that don't change their story and stay around those same people, you know, mm-hmm. that, that, pulls, that pulls them down. And you want to get around people that are going to make you expand and grow, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I like that idea of that that tree between fear and love. Mm -hmm. Like, what is the fruit of fear, right? Death. Right. Paralyzed purpose. Not no movement, no growth. But what's what's the fruit of love? You know, there's so there's so many more benefits. To that, that, that the fruit. And, yeah, and I mean, if you think about it, um, it's it's the difference between control and influence, mm-hmm. especially like in relationships. I mean, if you have influence, not control, fear-based control mindset, just in your family, right? You're always going to have to control your kids, mm-hmm. right? Rules, 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 rules. When you get to that love side of peace, um, it, it becomes more influence, so they want to be this way. And then what happens is there's a stronger bond. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's what we miss like as parents and as leaders. I can control everything that you're doing in and out. Um, if you're sitting in here in an office, like I can control that. And yeah. But I don't want people like that. I want people that want to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And that's where influence comes in. Mm-hmm. But that person, whether they're a uh, you know, 
somebody that reports to me or maybe they're, they're my child, right? They, they can't, they, you're constantly going to have to control if you live in fear. And, and what happens is it just exacerbates the problem. It just creates more fear. Um, you know, so whatever what type of negative behavior that you're looking at, anger, rage, jealousy, all those things are fear-based in nature. As you said, if you swing the pendulum to the other tree, uh, you're looking for influence, abundance, internal motivation, and things like that, mm-hmm. right? And it really shifts that paradigm, but it shifts the whole environment, yeah. right? Because, again, going back to what we said earlier, everybody wants that, right? And everybody has a champion inside them. And if, if I create an environment that's all fear-based, nobody gets to live that out. But if I create an environment that's, that's love-based and it's thriving, then everybody can live out their own purpose and they can turn right more than left. Yeah, and I think it's so true, Eric. You've created an environment here, especially within the Center for Victory, where it is love-based, where you allow the people around you to flourish. And I felt that, I'm getting choked up a little bit, but that's how real it is to me, how um, I really am about to start crying, but (laughs) how I came from an environment where everything was dying within me and yeah. now I'm a different human being because of that love-based um, kind of relationship that you've built mm-hmm. with your people. Um, so why don't you kind of sum, sum up this chapter? What are a few bullet point takeaways that people um, can, can, can say, you know what, this is what I'm going to do this week, uh, maybe after listening to this podcast or reading yeah. that book? Yeah, so one, read the book. Read the right? book, Read yes. the book. Uh, so it's on Amazon. Uh, but a, a couple things to take out of this chapter that we've talked about is really recreate your story. I mean, we're all looking to get better. We all want to be better. I believe that we all have a champion inside of us. So the first step of that, so recreate your story, first step of that is take responsibility. That happens by making a choice, making a choice to be in a love state, of mind rather than fear state of mind Um, and then going with that change your mind Mm -hmm. change your mind every day get it so it's reinforced by the people around you by people that that are going to push you towards that tree of love and responsibility and then every day just get up and make a choice to live in a place of love love abundance uh, internal motivation thriving and make a choice to do that each and every day. Yeah. I think my biggest takeaway is that everybody has a story and you can allow your story to control you or you can control your story and start taking ownership of your life. And if you're listening to this, uh, comment in the section below what was your your takeaway. We would love to kind of hear what your story is. So comment in the section below. But uh, thank you all so much for staying tuned to the Center for Victory podcast of your best day yet. Eric, thank you so much for being back, talking about your book, Choosing Love Over Fear, The Life of Victory. Um, also, if you, if you really like our channel, go ahead and subscribe. Uh, hit that little bell so you get notifications. But leave comments. We would love to hear what your favorite part of this book is. Also, you can visit us at centerforvictory.com or you can give us a call at 724-462-8383. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, make this your best day yet.